I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hey, Leash, it's Emma. Yeah? I just read that Taylor Harris has requested to be drafted to Melbourne. She wants to be transferred to Melbourne. Shut the front door on a barrel of monkeys. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean like Melbourne as in Melbourne Footy Club. She wants to come and live in Victoria. Like, I thought she was full-blown pineapple-eating golden girl. Oh, my Brisbane friends will be devastated. Imagine all those kids that have got her number on their back. We have to talk about it this week in the pod. I'm getting out my Melbourne memorabilia. (laughs) All right. God, I hate trade week. Trade week, hug your loved ones. That's what I always say. We should make bumper stickers. You better come over with a hot cocoa. We better hug now. All right, I'll see you this week. There is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. Bounced on its point. Wow. The fakes, the gods are with the gods. Has ever got their working with children's check? <laughs> I don't. Oh, my goodness, I don't. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. I'm Emma Race, and as always, I'm joined by my football-talking lady friends. I'm going to start with a woman today who I don't know if everyone would know this, but she can Celine Dion like nobody's business. It is Dr. Kate Sia. How are you? Don't say what you're about to say. Hi. That's brilliant. <laughs> that was with no warm-up, too. I mean, imagine how good it is. Her suit is not even on backwards and she can sing like that. Alicia, sometimes I want you to sing how pumped you are, baby. Do you know, though, if uh, you say Lap Song Sushong, you can sound like Sean Connery? Lap Song Sushong. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd also like to welcome to the pod today my big sister, a woman who still sleeps with her security blanket and calls it Satty. How are you, Lucy Race? I'm really excited to be here, but a little bit shattered that you just outed me on that one. <laughs> Is Sati here? It's true. It's not fake news. <laughs> and uh, how are you, Nicole Hayes? You've just admitted that you danced with a six foot plus Hawthorne footballer. And for those playing along at home, you're about three foot two, right? Three foot six. That's just mean. No singing from me either. Or you. It's disappointing. Yeah, no singing from Felicity. She, Felicity Race hasn't got a singing voice, but she will always welcome you with a lick on the face. How are you, Felicity Race? Well, I generally save that welcome for you. I'm happy to sing. Just Generally, people don't want to stop shaking your heads, everybody. I'll give it a go. Come on. No. No. That'll be in the extras. Hey, it was a massive weekend in football. I mean, for North Melbourne fans alone, that was unbelievable. Who wants to go first on unpacking what the Kangaroos achieved this week? Yeah, Dr. Kate's here. I'm happy to say a little bit about North Melbourne. I was so happy for them and their fans that they had finally had a win. Can I then just kind of 
blatantly segue into a little bit of omen slash palindrome watch. So I just want to say, because this is relevant to North Melbourne, so very quickly, I want to give a hat tip to one of our listeners whose name is Nick C, who has coined a new phrase. He tweeted us on the weekend that said, if you've got a palindrome that's an omen, isn't it a palindromen? Oh, oh nice. Love it. Well played, Nick. Love it. Well played, Brilliant. Nick. I love that our listeners have started to engage with us on these questions of omens in footy. It's really great. And one of our listeners who's a friend of our podcast, Josh Pinn, he's from another footy podcast called The Footy Gospel, um, he tweeted us an omen on the weekend too. He noted that in round seven, 1999, North Melbourne had a 10-goal first quarter against Adelaide. Get out. And the same thing this weekend on this round, round seven, 2017. So he said, of course, who won the flag in 1999? Yeah. Ooh, North, good point. North Melbourne. So he thinks that North is going to win the flag. <laughs> I started to think maybe that Josh had taken things too far. He also barracks for North Melbourne. Let's small caveat there. He does, but... <laughs> Look, then NASA detected an enormous crack in uh, the Greenland um, Peterman Glacier and Trump fired Comey. So, you know, maybe he's right. I love palindrome watch. There's not enough palindrome watch in AFL football. It's a topsy-turvy week. I think Jared Wakely said that... um it's not since 1975 that the the bottom, you know, the people that were the, not the favourites got up and won against the favourites. It's just, it was, how incredible it's was it? Footy tipping hell. It was footy tipping hell. There was a, a really interesting graphic being sent around, which let's call it the circle of life, which um, had... <laughs> Don't sing it. No, oh, I, I won't. I said it last week. It. So it had all of the logos of the AFL clubs and each one could precede one that it had beaten. So it was like a daisy yeah. chain. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it sort of shows it's basically that every... like a Pandora's bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> and I would really like the AFL to work that out. Yes. Yeah. A limited edition. A limited 750. edition. Yep. Yeah, so every team has now won and lost. And it's, an, it's a really cool graphic, actually. I saw someone calling it the circle of life, but mm-hmm. also potato parity. <laughs> I don't understand the potato thing. I like the idea of the bracelet, though, that you could actually re-beat it every week depending on ladder position. Nice. We're thinking up merchandise ideas right here. We can get a percentage from the AFL. There's a word for Kate. It's called apophenia. Is the human tendency to perceive meaningful patterns within random data. (laughs) I love that. And I love that this week someone, um, also from another footy podcast, I think it was Jocelyn, sent us and said, this is your jam. I think this is your jam, Outer Sanctum. It is your jam. I love it. I just wanted to talk about something that was Lucy's jam this week. With um, Hawthorne had a really close match with the D's. And um, as you would know, if you've um, been a long-time listener to this podcast, Lucy loves Jared Roughhead like he is her own actual child slash husband, which is also Not really husband, strange. Child. Just child. Mm. Um, I'm quite he, old. He actually is your dog, though. You well, do have a true. dog named... Or grandchild even could be pretty old. Um, Anyway, she has a Jared Roughhead badge along with a Tyrone Vickery badge. And this weekend, or last weekend I should say, every time uh, Ruffy went for a goal, she would hold up the badge to her face and she wouldn't watch him kick for goal. And she was kind of drawing on the spirit of our deceased auntie who was gorgeous and in later stages of her life a bit dementiary and um, who would often talk to pictures and she was so Lucy would talk to the badge and say come on Ruffy I know you can do this you are our best captain you are our best. and she had a full voice in a baby voice, in a baby voice. he kicked for goals like seriously what would you not do for that would that be your coaching approach like if you were in charge of a team Probably. Come on, little anti-clarko. You can do it, buddy. Do you know what else I'd say though? Like, 
you don't know what I do to make things happen and to get teams to <laughs> oh, win. We do. Oh, we know all about like, the toilet. No, well, okay, we know about the toilet. You, not everybody knows about my philanthropy. <laughs> oh yes. What so, do you do, go, Susan Alberti? Okay, so I now have a thing when I walk into the game where I have to donate money. So there's always people shaking tins. Is this a superstition? This is a superstition. Yeah, how so, many people are going to be shaking tins well, next I week know. when you're walking? Well, there are. <laughs> like every time I walk into the football, there's always people and they're always worthy causes. So I'm very happy to be part of it. So I started this about two years ago and I have to give money and then we win. It's now extended to... <laughs> so how to, often have you been tight this year? Yeah, well, really? Yeah. What happens though, sometimes it all gets a bit topsy-turvy and... It's now extended to the end of the freeway where the man washes your windscreen. Oh, yes. And so there was this one day when we were going to the football and he came and said, do you want your windscreen washed? And I said, no. And then I went, oh, no. (laughs) And we lost really bad. So the following week... I gave him money. I actually had to beat the horn to get his attention, and we won. <laughs> get can your I, windscreen done. Can I ask, does that mean that Lucy also has that condition, apocalypsia or whatever it is, Probably. that I've got? Apophenia. <laughs> She's like Ruff and Adal walking out of the football. She's got, you know, all of those little, you know how he needs Pulling to have his drinks. Out. Yeah, he has to have his, all these drinks a certain way. and yeah. you know, his all balls these, yeah, a certain way too. That's Lucy. Hey, Lucy, have you got Banner Watch for us this week? I do have Banner Watch this week. So it started on a bit of a serious note. The Gold Coast had a banner this week that said, not now, not ever, referring to domestic violence, which was pretty powerful. And I think what was even more powerful is that they walked around the banner. They didn't actually go through it. And I thought that was pretty great. What it gave rise to was some more discussion about the banner. So it's actually gone mainstream, this banner watch discussion. And I don't know if anyone watches there's a show called the footy show and they talk about football anyway i think they're first team media so they they actually had a debate um rebecca madam brought up the whole idea of the banner and said i think it's a bit ridiculous you know you spend two dollars fifty on crepe paper which like i don't know where she buys a crepe paper but (laughs) not not that much anyway sam newman got in on it and just went to town going yes first time i've ever agreed with you let's get rid of it i hate it i hate it i hate it made me think if Sam Newman hates something mm, just makes me let's just up more. do it even more yeah. let's have so 10 what I start, well what I started thinking of was how about we have a second one so when you come out after half time <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you could have something like some words of encouragement yeah. like something like your first half was good with few indiscretions going forward can you please lift contested possessions <laughs> Danny McGinley right there. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Gold. I love it. You're just working your way into the football media. Like there's I mean, it's undeniable. These these transitions are gonna happen. (laughs) Hey Kate, did you have um was there any annoying commentary? I know that you don't like people marking the ball at the highest point. Yes, no, there was a bit of marking the ball at its highest point on the weekend from Lee Matthews. Look, I was doing that thing where I was watching the commentary and thinking about what an alien might think if they had been sort of transported to Earth uh, and seen a footy game and not understood some of the lingo that we listen to and take for granted. Or if it was an American, say. Exactly. Or like my partner who's British who sometimes says to me, what does that mean? And he did do that on the weekend. We were watching a game and somebody had lined up to take a set shot and the commentator said, he's got a really long leg. (laughs) <laughs> now, now my partner said what does that mean and I did wonder you know, sort of had to, to do a double check and there's so many of them once you start to pay attention to it you know on the weekend they said that a particular player has had a few knees 
And um, also, talking about Kieran Jack, who's been out injured for a while, unfortunately, for Sydney, I did hear someone on the radio say that Kieran Jack has got a hip. Oh, oh. Sandy Roberts always just said one. he's got a groin. Yeah. yeah. I would have hoped so. I mean... He's got one. Two. I'm just worried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. well, no, one, two? One. I don't know. That explains the limp. What's the plural of groin? <laughs> Groun? <laughs> Groins. Groin. Groin. How's your groins going? Someone will definitely tweet us because that's totally our jam. There's so many of those. But yeah. anyway, they're just so bizarre once you start to pay attention to it. Yeah. What is a steel side bottom? What is his real name? Surely that's not it. <laughs> hey, oh. Nicole, gambling is your bugbear. What's caught your eye this week? <laughs> It's ours. Pigeonhole. Well, we've had the quite a significant change in the advertising rules, care of our current Prime Minister. So the Is uh, that Malcolm Trumbull or <laughs> that's the one. He's back in Oz now. And so the main issue around the gambling advertising is that in the past it's uh, live sporting events have been exempt from the advertising ban. But from now on, from eight thirty that includes live sporting events. So no gambling advertising from eight thirty, but also not from five minutes before the game or five minutes after. This has actually been heavily argued against by the AFL, not surprisingly, NRL and Cricket Australia. They're worried about lucrative sponsorship deals falling over and the rest of it. And the networks are probably going to lose some money too. But the free-to-airs have also got some extra money now because they're not going to have to pay for the TV licenses. It's going to go down. I thought it was before 830 yeah, was, sorry, before 8.30. Before Did I say after? Yes. Oh, right. No, <laughs> yeah, so, so before, before 8.30 at night. And then also five minutes either side of the game. So the other nice thing that hasn't really been reported much was that there's an extra $30 million to support women's and niche sports for the subscription TV. So it's actually quite a big change. It's probably, you know, long overdue, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to a lot of sponsorship deals and, you know, the AFL's position on this if they're going to fight it anymore. Will women's football be a niche sport? Well, women's sport and niche, niche sport. So oh, they're two yeah, yeah. So there's two Thanks I guess they're two categories. There. Mm. I appreciate so, that. but mostly for the subscription T V. So, you know, that's expecting to see some more sport on the um more style. archery, I say. More archery. Mm, more lacrosse. <laughs> Do you think the gambling rules will change how people you know, will it change it's a in start. the community, it's, it's a start. A start. Okay. It's a start. Our kids shouldn't be watching gambling odds. I mean, it, it, it is quite like it's on-screen promos. It's no updates of odds. They can't do any sponsorships. So it's quite, it's it's quite comprehensive, yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Alicia, you've been cross-coding it this week. I know. I, I kind of jumped over to the NRL last night. I was watching League Life, which is a great show on Foxtel with Yvonne Sampson as the host in it talking to Lara Pitt, Jess Yates and Hannah Hollis. And they were talking about the Indigenous round. It's their Indigenous round and that was great. Some really good stories. But they also spoke about the drug problems with NRL in that players have been caught off field with drugs and the issues surrounding that. And they talked about that in a broader issue. It's a great show. I'd recommend it to anyone wanting to step into that world and really smart women talking about it. And Yvonne Sampson just casually said um, that it's not just the, the code of NRL that has problems with drugs, and we totally understand that. It's it's also AFL because in off-season she, she saw two AFL players on ice and she just kind wow. of dropped it. Wow. Yeah. And, um, Did they discuss it? Not Particularly, they discussed the issues about off season and on season, and mm. where you know, and and they they were very serious about it, and maybe they didn't know what to say about mm. it. But just the fact, how do we feel about our players 
like to me that's I just would never think of I guess anyone on ice but um I, I find it, it interesting from the elite athlete point of view you know mm. yeah um, you know I had someone talking this morning about how at one of the Olympic games they were at there was a smoking area and they were saying you know how can you be an elite athlete and mm. and and smoke the argument that's going on at the moment and we've just seen it this week with how the government wants to drug test people who are getting government benefits and things like that it's the this sort of idea that there's this oversight on every aspect of your life um, mm. depending on how you participate so whether you're if you're an athlete do you actually have to abide by rules when you're outside of competition mm. if you're on a new start allowance do you not have the same rights as other people in the community to do what you do in your private time it's a big question I think it's an interesting one. We, Kate C has actually done a lot of study on this, and I know that you and Nicole have some differing <laughs> opinions, which I'm looking forward to getting into. But what would you say? What do you say to oh, that? Like in general terms, I think the AFL is very interesting because the AFL has one of the most onerous illicit drug testing regimes of any sport in the world, particularly in its out of competition testing. Uh, my general view is that I'm opposed to out of competition testing partly because the logic of it conceptually is very confused. I think the AFL tends to say that the reason why they test players as regularly as they do is because they're trying to identify people early who might have a drug problem and get them into treatment. But then what happens is if they have tested positive three times, they're punished. And so it's both a kind of weird hybrid of a medical model and a criminal or punitive model, much like the uh, proposed welfare model of government. And that's actually really common. So I think it's very confused. It's very problematic. And the other really interesting point is that I don't believe that uh, you know whether it's welfare recipients or uh, players should be tested for alcohol. Uh, I actually don't. So I'm not saying that at all. But what's most interesting to me is that in both of those scenarios, there's no discussion or no sense in which people would be tested for alcohol. And yet alcohol is the drug, it is a drug that tends to be most often associated with problems mm. and harms you know violence, not always yeah. but but can be associated with those mm. problems so to me it's just a mess yeah i i mean i don't think it's necessarily the role of the afl i just think from the point of view of the clubs they invest a lot of money in these players and they are as you say elite and they're literally to them like every calorie is counted every while they're in condition and they you know the players get the you know the most extreme highest level of of health and support so messing with what is the tool of their trade, their body, effectively, off-season with unregulated drugs is just, I just think from a financial point of view for the clubs, they've got really good reason to be enforcing codes to prevent that. How do you feel about across like a different code on their show just dropping that bombshell and saying I ran into two players from AFL who were on ice. That makes me go... I know, because I must say, I must preface by saying it, um, it, they spoke about it so responsibly and really listened to uh, the episode to see what they spoke about drug taking. But you're right, it was just this little drop and then they moved on. Mm. I can't imagine it won't get picked up in the next few days, you know, by mainstream media and become a story. Or by secondary media. Yeah. <laughs> um, Felicity Shane Edwards, what's he going... With oh, this week. Well, it's not this week. It's in, oh, sorry. Yeah, a couple of weeks with the Dreamtime match during Indigenous Round. There was a lovely announcement this week that he is going to change his number for the match and wear number 67, paying tribute to the 1967 uh, referendum that is the 50th anniversary of it on that day, I think. And that was the day in which Australians overwhelmingly voted to give Indigenous people up. It's horrific that it took till 1967, mm. but the same rights to be considered part of the population mm. as mm. Um, everybody else. It's a lovely thing, and 
good on him for doing it. Yeah. It's good when football shows us how far we have come. And one thing that's um, really shown me that this week is Scott Pendlebury's partner is due to have a baby, which always brings the house down. If it was September, oh my goodness, it would be front page news. <laughs> not for Collingwood. Not for Collingwood. Good point. Um, for North Melbourne, maybe. So I've been interested in hearing all the commentary. And of course, there's lots of men who talk about football and I love hearing what they all say. And they're all saying, well, of course he will go. He needs to be by his partner's side. Um, but it reminded me of um, when Lucy had her third child, Hamish, and I was in the room and he was born at midnight between the 23rd and the 24th. And Lucy had done a powerhouse of a job pushing this baby out and he was amazing and she was amazing. And she looked up at me and she was spent. She was so exhausted. And the midwife said, well, it's midnight. Do you want his birthday to be the 23rd or the 24th? And I just looked at her and I went... Dermot Brereton or Chris Langford? <laughs> and we all went, of course Chris it's Chris Langford. Langford! And the 24th it is. Had you donated to the windscreen washer on the way to the hospital and stuff to make sure it was all right, Lucy? <laughs> I actually think that was pre all my crazy superstitions. Sure. Mm. There are recent... They just keep growing. Recent manifestation. evolving thing. It's hey. so interesting, sorry, that he's saying he'd go mid-match though. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it's interstate. So are they going to have a plane waiting on the tarmac? He's saying, like, it was, it's a good three hours before he's going to get there, so she better know. hold on tight. Like, No, he just happen. needs to go. I want him to run oh, off totally. during... I want there, someone the to flash up a big, on the big screen like mm. she's in labor. It's not going to happen. She's going to go two weeks over. Yeah. You know, that's what you happens. You know, the irony is he'd get back here and he'd get stuck on the Tullamarine. <laughs> yeah, that is the irony. Hey, um, did you hear that the guys on their way to China, I can't remember if it was a Gold Coast, I think it was Gold Coast got stuck on the tarmac for two hours. They did. It was hilarious. I'm actually, I'm loving this whole trip China. to China, Bizzo, because I feel like it's like a royal tour. Like we're getting, the team have now bought the aeroplane. Yeah. The team is now having their first drink of orange juice and sparkling water. And... There was this lovely little bit that a quote that said star midfielder Gary Ablett and key forward Peter Wright were among a small handful of players travelling in business class with club chairman Tony Cochran. The rest of the team, including the coach, were in premium economy. <laughs> well, there, there was an actual um, policy on it that if you were over 195 centimetres, you got to go up the front. If you're under, you were down the back unless you're Gary Ablett. <laughs> yeah. was, I, I'm being dead serious. That unless was the you're Gary Ablett. Oh, the, the worst part of that is that Nicole would be in the very back row that's if we, it was us flying to China. I feel like Gary Ablett locker. goes in a special <laughs> bit that's like, remember that scene in The Hunger Games, in that in, in the carriage, the special carriage in yes. the train, and it's like food laid on and... <laughs> Yes. Big silver cloches. <laughs> I'm just thinking of flying high. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because Port Adelaide had committed to the whole team going business class, whereas Gold Coast had this whole half and half. But the Gold Coast had actually organised a um, recovery session in a swimming pool at the airport in Singapore as a midway, which... I mean, that's an amazing airport if you've been there. I never saw the pool, but it's, it's probably one of the city, hotels there. But isn't it? Isn't it? That's amazing. I think the pool's available thinking. to everyone. I, re- I think it is. Like, I think I might have They might rope off remember. a bit for them. Even you. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lead athlete. <laughs> um, can I just say about the China trip, can we keep our cultural appropriations in our pockets, please, this weekend, people? Like, I've just heard radio stations doing a bit of China material. I'm like, just keep it nice. Oh, Absolutely. This is about race relations, right? Joking this is about, about Chinese? No, just oh. doing, you know, funny accents or whatever it is. Like, no come way. on, we're beyond that, right? Uh, unless it's 1983. Mm. Move I on. Don't, I, just don't even see how the teams are going to enjoy it with all the warnings they've been given about the, don't yeah. eat the food, look out for gambling syndicates, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the syndicates. smog. The, it's you know. awful. Well, it's going to be televised on Sunday at one fifteen, so mm. you'll be able to watch it then. Talking about playing overseas, 
Did you know there's an international cup? There is. That's right. Yes. And actually, what's amazing is that uh, a few weeks ago, I had the amazing opportunity to talk to somebody about the International Cup. And there's also a competition in the United States, a huge AFL competition in the United States. So a few weeks ago, on a very chilly Philadelphia evening, I wasn't there, I didn't get to fly first class or anything, but I interviewed Brian Barish. And Brian is the media manager for the United States AFL. He's also an encyclopedia of knowledge about footy. And so we spoke about footy in the States, the forthcoming International Cup, the impact of footy on international players. He's in a car. I think it's snowing outside and so on. And so here's the interview now. I thought it might be nice for for us to start off by you telling me and our listeners a little bit about the US AFL. What is it and how does it work? So the USAFL, the United States Australian Football League, was founded in 1997, and it is the only Aussie Rules Football League in the United States of America. And it was founded uh, really by, uh, there were two clubs, one in Cincinnati, one in Louisville, and they were made up uh, primarily of Australian expats, but also Americans who had discovered the game in the 1980s when ESPN used to show uh, VFL, uh, now of course AFL matches. And it's sort of grown from there. We're up to 38 clubs from coast to coast, uh, about uh, 1,300 registered players, of which about 200 of them are women. Um, And then we have our big national championships every year in October, where all of the teams come and they meet in one place. This year it'll be in San Diego, California. It's the biggest carnival for Aussie rules uh, anywhere outside of Australia, and I would argue that it's probably the, one of the biggest in the world. Right. And uh, it's a big event. Yeah, it's a big event, and it's been going on since uh, our first season in 1997. And so you mentioned that the league was started up by expats, but now you've got 1,300 or so people playing. Do you have... Um, you know, born and bred Americans now playing in the league? Yes, uh, we are. Actually, I would guess, and this is this is purely a guess, that we're up to about 70% American-born and raised players. Fantastic, uh, fantastic. There is a rule uh, for, for all... Yeah, for there now the the other side of that is there is a rule for all USAFL-sanctioned matches that... Know that uh, there must be at least 50% of national born players mm-hmm. on the field at all times. It's called the 50 50 rule. Um, that was changed about six, seven years ago from being Australian and non Australian, and, and more than 50% had to be non Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play matches uh, in the national championships with teams from Canada, so that's one of the reasons why the, the nomenclature was uh, sorted out. But uh, the emphasis is on getting more Americans involved, and I think we've succeeded in that both on the men's and the women's side. Yeah. So what I did want to ask you about is the women, the women's side of things. And so as you know, the AFLW has started up here in Australia in the last few weeks. Um, oh, is that your horn going off? <laughs> That is the car sitting next to me. <laughs> right. Hopefully they're all right. We can maybe just... Sorry. That's all right. Is <laughs> it... I was thinking to myself, you know, I can do it in the car. It's quiet. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> famous, last, <laughs> fa- famous last words. You jinxed yourself. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Is that... He's trying to shut the car. He's trying to shut it off. All right. So I'll... I think I was asking about the AFLW. So... I wanted to 
I wanted to ask you about women because, as you know, the AFLW has launched here in Australia in the last few weeks and there's enormous excitement and enthusiasm um, around the country for this league. Do people know about AFLW um, over there? And, and if so, do you have any sense of whether it's had any impact or if it's resonating at all with people in the States? Well, if you're talking about the general public, it's it's been one of the, the challenges in terms of us growing the game here in the U.S. is just getting people to know about the sport. To be honest, when you say Australian football, uh, a lot of people will, will respond, oh, that's rugby, isn't it? No, it's not rugby. Oh, soccer. Yeah, no, it's not soccer either. So in terms of the general public, I would say that the knowledge of footy in general is fairly low. However, um, those that do know about the sport and I would say that's a much higher number even than, the, than our registered number of players, uh, you know, say probably tens of thousands, if not more. They're aware of what's going on. And I think I have seen it mentioned in uh, the women's sports circles over here. Those that do know about it are very excited about it, especially uh, the USAFL community. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that uh, it's really given the, the women that are involved in the teams here, and, and we're up to 15 of our clubs now have some sort of women's program, and that, that includes three new teams this year, uh, one in L.A., one in Minnesota, and one in my hometown of Philadelphia. The, there's two. It's twofold. Firstly, uh, it gives them, uh, for some of them, for some of the better players, it gives them maybe a little bit of a carrot to aspire to, if not on the AFL level, uh, but through the, the VWFL, uh, we have uh, Katie Klatt, who was one mm -hmm. of two players who went over uh, last year to take part in the uh, Combine, in the Sydney Combine, and she's playing for Melbourne University. It's even inspired a couple of the Canadian girls. Valerie Moreau is playing over for Eastern Districts. Uh, yeah. She played for uh, AFL Quebec. So I think it gives them sort of a, a nice little chain to say, okay, that's a place where I could go. However, it's also important to be realistic. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, uh, there is a lot of excitement in a sense that here is a high-caliber national Aussie Rules League uh, in the same way because a lot of people here, as we mentioned, know of the game through the AFL, and now the women have something where they can see uh, that they have the same heroes. For every Nat Fife, you have a Jessica Wuchner. Mm -hmm. uh, for every uh, for every Gary Ablett, now you've got uh, now you've got a Daisy Pierce or a Brianna Davy. So there is really that identifiable feature. Um, I would say that if there's anybody here in the USAFL that we're really behind, it's probably Jessica Wuchner of the Brisbane Lions. She came over uh, in 2015 at the end of our season for three months uh, to help out to coach and actually get a, get a little bit of a kick in with the Boston Lady Demons. And I can tell you that her impact uh, was mutual because I know that she took a lot, uh, not only from the Demons girls, but also from the setup here in the USAFL. But I know that the, the Demons Club, which was in a rebuilding phase in 2015, has really grown. So um, I, people are really excited about it, the ones that are involved in the sport here. And I know I personally am loving uh, watching these girl, those girls play. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, that's fantastic and really interesting to hear about that exchange too. Before we go, I can't not ask you this, Brian, given that you're, you are taking such an interest in it, who's your tip 
for the flag? Um, I would, you know what? I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say Adelaide. Uh, I've been really impressed with them. Uh, and I, I think a lot of a few people have taken some of the interstate teams of, for granted, I think. Uh, everyone, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, but uh, really been impressed with, uh, really been impressed with Ebony Marioff and the rest of the crew. So uh, uh, that's my tip. Yeah, I think they're looking pretty good. Well, look, thank you so much for speaking with us on the Outer Sanctum podcast, and we might get you back on again um, down the track to hear about the national championships too. It would be an honor to be here. By the way, go Hawks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Brian, for talking to us. And as you could see, we spoke to him actually in the midst of the women's competition. And he was like some sort of Nostradamus that he picked that Adelaide would win it. It was well out from the finals. So go, Brian. Hey, in massive AFLW news, this really shocked me that Taylor Harris has requested she wants to come to Melbourne. She wants to come play here. I felt like she was working at the club. I thought she was absolutely embedded. Uh, yeah, I mm. thought she was a Brisbane Bear for in now till eternity. <laughs> Just making sure you're still awake. <laughs> did you guys follow the AFL? Uh, oh, the VFL kicked off this week. The VFL did kick off, well, last week, didn't mm. it? Sorry, um, I keep saying this week, last yeah, week. Yeah, no, we've moved on. But um, Muggers uh, handed it to Darabin, alas. That was a bit of a surprise to everybody. <laughs> Poor Megan was very happy but not so much the the Falcons. 30-point win too, so it was quite a big one. And Darabin faced Devils this week, who are coming off a tight win over the Sharks by one point, which would have been a thriller. Cats over the Hawks mm. in a pretty intimidating scoreline. Did anyone see that one? We went down for it, Katie yeah, and I. I hadn't did. been to Katie Park before. Mm. Me either. There's actually, look, look it, the Cats were amazing and they had a comprehensive win. But uh, actually, it was really amazing for it us was. to go along and see Hawthorne women wearing Hawthorne jumpers for the first time ever. I thought it, there was a lot to like about the game. and yeah, The score didn't worry me and I okay, thought it was good. actually pretty impressive. I will say this about Cadenia Park. I didn't realise how much I hated Geelong till I went to the toilet. Didn't sit on the toilet seat. <laughs> what? Didn't want to catch catch germs. Oh. That's all I'm saying. They might have won by more if you did, if you took on Lucy's I did. I just said it. I was going to say you become louder <laughs> sitting up. Don't you make a lot of noise? Uh, have you got cool. some news for us over there as well, Lucy? Well, yeah. You all saw it. Did you all hear the AFLW news? Oh, this what, what happened? What happened? I think they made an announcement. Mm. So the announcement that didn't happen a few weeks ago, they're basically going to put off expansion until 2019. But they are going to make an announcement of who the teams that will join the comp in 19. That, that will come out in the middle of this year. Um, and at the moment they've said it's going to be at least two teams, but it may be more. The teams that already have a provisional license are kind of front runners, but mm, not, not sure necessarily. Yeah. So they're kind of, I don't know. A lot of chat on Twitter about whether what was fair and what's yeah. equitable and all that kind of stuff. And I've got to say, like, I bristled a little bit because there was St Kilda and um, the Cats Geelong have got this real momentum in the communication of talking about how passionate they are about this. They've been very vocal. They've been mm. really vocal. Yeah. But where I've seen the action is North Melbourne. Yeah, like I'll be absolutely, I'll be gobsmacked if they don't be, if they're not granted a well, it's, license. And it's such an interesting thing because we don't know what the criteria is going to be. And as Not you know, there, there time, is maybe. there's a big argument for Geelong in terms mm. of a regional area. And look, I, I actually think it's a good decision that they're going to consolidate 
and I think you know most people within women's football think it's a really good thing to just steady build the as, crowds, build yeah. it, let the player recruitment exactly. um, and talent pick up. Yeah, yeah, it's a smart move. But it is an interesting thing in terms of those provisional licenses because you know people who didn't put through put forward a license back in 2016 because they weren't ready may have done been doing a lot of work. So. Mm. They're also, you know, I, I don't think you just write people off. and it'll, But it'll be interesting to see what the criteria is. Mm. 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 It's interesting as well to note that the people who are going to submit for the draft this year will be, are they the first group of girls who haven't had to stop playing? I think they're the, f- the first age group so. of girls who've mm. not had to stop, which I think is, amazing. you know, it's, it's amazing. Mm. Like, there's so many changes. It's it's going to just be an evolution. So they, they did come out. Yesterday and say that father-daughter rule is now a thing. So if um, someone has played, if a dad has played for just one game for a team, his daughter qualifies. So that'll get those Mackay, is it the Mackays to Carlton? The trade week start, the crazy will start on this Monday too. So things are going to go off where they, all the talk and all the chatter. People have been waiting for the expansion question to be answered and now they can go crazy. So... Yeah, so that'll be interesting because Mm. it's not going to be the same as the um, men's trade period because there's going to be a lot more flexibility. There's going to be different rules. Mm. So One person we'll be keeping an eye on is Valerie, who, Lucy, you caught up with Valerie Moreau, who is actually, she's so passionate about AFL that she got on a plane. She did. So sort of pulling together some information about, you know, the the women's VFL. So Val is playing for the Devils, but she's a Canadian who discovered AFL while living in Quebec and excelled at it. So in her first year, she won Rookie of the Year, the Gold Kicking Award and Best and Fairest. Her drive to be the best player she could possibly be saw her get on a plane and come to Australia. And she's now a member of the Victorian Women's Football Academy and playing in the VFLW for the Eastern Devils. So alongside people like Sarah Perkins and Meg Hutchins. We met the footballer known as Rocket (laughs) (laughs) earlier this year and we're delighted to bring you that chat. We would love to hear about how a girl from Canada found herself playing AFL in Australia. Okay, well, first time that I discovered the show was when I went to Brisbane, so three years ago, uh, for the student exchange, then went back home in December. Two weeks after that, I played a basketball game, and the referee, after the game, just came up to me and he was like, oh, I, I saw you, you You have speed, you've got like good vision of the play, like, I'm pretty sure you could kill it with Australian rules, like, you should come and just give it a try. So I was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, I just came back from Australia, so mm-hmm. we'll see. And the funny funny thing about that is I've never heard about Australian football when I was here in Brisbane <laughs> for, like, last, for the five months, and then two weeks after I got back, he, told me, he tells me that, and I was like, okay, well, that's a nice coincidence, so maybe... So two months later, it took me a while before I actually started uh, going. But yeah, two months later, I went to my first training. I never stopped going afterwards. And this guy, this referee, is now my best friend back then. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So when you initially started playing, were you playing nine a side? Yeah, it's kind of eight, nine, ten a side, depending on how many girls we can get. So for on the weekend, we never know who's going to show up really and who's going to be there. So it's, yeah, about like eight to 12 a side on a football, American football field. So Mm -hmm. it's a rectangular field and it's way smaller. Can I ask you, what was your initial impression when you went to play? You know, you hadn't seen the game before. You didn't know what you were sort of signing up for, but what did you think about it? Uh, I actually loved it because it's just a mix of everything. So I played basketball, soccer, football, all the sports, and it's just a little bit of everything put together. So I just felt in love Mm -hmm. for that because you can, you need skills, you need speed, you need... Uh, to think, you need to be smart, you need strength because you need to push people around. It's just 
yeah, everything together. So I was like, that is perfect. Like, well, <laughs> Did you just jump straight in or did they actually just show you some vision? Well, the first uh, trainings are inside because yep. it's, it was the winter when I started. So it's indoor training. So it's just yeah, skills, sprints, hand passes. Uh, they showed me how to kick, how to yeah make it bounce and stuff like that. And then when we get to um, the trainings that were out, uh, outdoor, then we started playing and like do drills where we actually have to like game sim- simulation stuff. Yep. That's when you start to try to get it and try to learn the game. Yeah. But uh, the best way to learn it is just to go and play. Yeah. That's how we usually when we have a new girl, we just come come on come on uh, come on down on a Sunday. Come have a yep. come, come have a look. Have come a try it on, and you're gonna learn on the field. And we're gonna tell you the rules at the same time as you're playing. So <laughs> just have fun, and then we'll tell you what to do. And if like you do something wrong, we'll tell you and just don't do it again. <laughs> So you did all right, didn't you, in your first league, like uh, in I, your first year, you won. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> rookie, rookie of the year, is yeah, that right? Yeah, I got the, the rookie of the year and the uh, the best on ground also. And you so. won the goal kicking? Yeah, also. So you did all right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Very modest, yeah. you're so modest. <laughs> but it's just because like, it, those are individual awards, but <clears throat> if you don't have the team and like the players with you, you can't achieve those things. So. Yeah just because I had an amazing bunch of girls with me and we were just working together to make that happen. <laughs> so what makes you go from playing football in Quebec, you've got mm-hmm. the opportunity to play international competition, you've got your family around you, you've got your friends around you, your other sports, and then yeah. you think, I'm going to move to Australia <laughs> and try and give this a go. Yeah, well, if you want to be the best, you've got to compete with the best. So yep. that was my, uh, my way of thinking. I, I knew I wanted to keep going. I've reached the highest level I could in Canada. Uh, so I was like, I just, I, I want to keep learning more. I want to get better. And I knew IC was coming up and I wanted to be the best player I could for IC. So I just So that's the international competition. Yeah, the international competition. So that's yeah. going to be in Australia in yeah, August? Yeah, in August. So from like the first three weeks of August, yeah. I think. So yeah, every country that has a team outside of Australia is going to come down here. I think we're like 10 or 12 team. I have to. And Canada are the reigning world champs? We are for the women's. Yes. yes. Okay. So pressure is on us. <laughs> I wasn't there last time. So three years ago, I wasn't playing, obviously. So yeah. mm-hmm. I wasn't there. So I don't feel that pressure maybe as much as the players who were there yeah. that year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're definitely going to look for, forward to like stay the state champion and just bring back the cup back yeah. home. <laughs> so when you, when you decided you were going to come to Australia, what did you do? Like, did you contact people? Did um, you? So I've reached out to my um, national coach, so mm-hmm. Jason, who's um, yeah, so he's uh, the coach for Team Canada. He's Australian also, so he's got he's like always in between Australia and Canada, so he's got a lot of contacts here, and then uh, put me in contact with Major, who's uh, the head coach here for the Devils, and then with Kenny also. So it just like contact who gave you another name and yep. another name, and then you just. Mm-hmm. Start talking to a few people. And Kenny is your housemate? Yes. Kendra. So Kenny and Major, actually, because they're together. So, yes. So, yes. yeah, they're, uh, both of them are my, my housemates. Yes. And so and this, is, this is Kendra Hale, who yeah. is on the Collingwood list. Yes, yeah. exactly. And Major, who's the forward coach yeah. for Collingwood also. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's a good environment to be in. Uh, right now, it's, I couldn't ask to be at a better place. They're yeah. just nice people and nice, nice housemates, and you can just chat about foodie every day. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so what does your week look like? You're with the Victorian Women's Football Academy? Yeah, so that's on Thursdays, and the Devils' uh, trainings are on Monday and Wednesday. So it's three times a week, and then uh, one gym session somewhere in there. Um, I don't try not to do too much at the gym, because I've never really been to the gym before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a newbie with that, so I'm still like learning how to like do weights and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Academy has been really good with that because they're giving us a program and they're explaining it to us. Yeah. So we know actually what we do. So now I can go in a gym and 
I'm not lost anymore. I, I know a little bit where, where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. But yeah, so it's three times a week and then otherwise it's a lot of just work. And your <laughs> ultimate objective, is it to be drafted? It would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah hopefully. That's, yeah, that's the, the, the second reason, if I can say, why I moved here. So the first is to get the best players I can for IC and yeah. then obviously get drafted. Why is it the second goal? It's because I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to even have that opportunity. So before I moved here, I didn't want to think about that for now. I just wanted to come here, be the best player I could. And then if I can, like now I can compare myself with the, mm. the girls from the academy, with the girls that are playing actually in the AFL league, the women's AFL. I know I can reach that level now. So now I can have this dream of like, yeah, I can work for that and I could be there. I know I can do it. So I just need to work hard and hopefully next year it's all going to pay off. What did your family think, Valerie, when you, <laughs> when you told them that you were doing this, you know, um, had this crazy idea to move to Australia and pursue yeah. footy? Uh, well, I've got two different reactions, one from my mom, one from my dad, because um, they're two different people, but they, people just love me, but he's just two different um, type of person. So my dad is has always supported me. Uh, he's my fan, number one fan. Uh, when I told him about that, he was just, just, just go, just do it. It's the time to do it now. And yeah, he, he knows how, I, I love, how much I love sports. So he was just, just do it. Uh, my mom wanted me to do it too because she knows it's my dream and I've always wanted to become a professional player. I just didn't know what sport to do. But um, she is also, uh, she, she likes having me around a little bit more. She's a little bit more like, uh, I wish you could be close. So then if anything wrongs happen, I can be with you. I can like, I can be there. So it's a little bit harder for her. But they were both really, really supportive. So, <laughs> Have you got a team? Who do you barrack for? I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, well, for, okay. So, well, I kind of live with two Collingwood players and yeah. coach. So I kind of have to go for them. I do. I also just like Collingwood in general. But I, I just go for any team for the women's league. Well, you've league. got just... the ink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the ink. Because you've made a massive commitment moving to Australia. But you yeah. made another massive commitment with... With a bit of ink, didn't you as well? Oh, well, which one are you talking about? <laughs> this well, one? The, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's no team on it. It's just like a foodie. So it's, yeah, it's women's AFL in general. So yeah, the, the, the ink itself is uh, the foodie with women's written on it and um, maple leaves around it to represent Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be my team that I would be cheering for, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just cheering for any team here for the women's AFL. It's just crazy what's happening right now. It's just good. So I try to follow every game, follow every team. And um, for the men's, I've got no idea who I'm going to follow, honestly. Mm. I've never really watched a game yet. Are you looking to, so you'll get to go and see a game. <laughs> yes, and... I can't wait to go and see one. Like I, I, That's on my to-do list for sure. Excellent. <laughs> so that I will, I'll do that. Before I go back home, I will go watch a few games, definitely. And I'll just try to go to every women's game I can go to. That'll be an <laughs> amazing experience too because, I mean, the women's AFL competition is absolutely sensational, but obviously the crowds are a lot bigger at the men's and there's nothing like going to the MCG where yeah, there's 70, 80,000 oh people. Yeah, yeah, you'll just love yeah, it. That's so what maybe, maybe we should come back to you at, later in the year. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then we can ask you our question. Yeah, that's right. We love to always ask people how their relationship with footy is going. Maybe we'll just ask you now. How is your relationship with footy going? Um, pretty good, I think. Uh, it's a it's a full on relationship, I guess, because it's every day. I just think about footy every day as this is my reason why I'm here. So every time there's something happening, or um, let's say there's I've got to work, I'm like, okay should I go to training or like, should I work? It's like, no, I'm here for footy. So footy first and then work is going to come next because it's going to be second. So every time, every day, it's that decision. Like, why, why, why am I here for footy? Just keep following that. Just use this as a, a guide and then make your decisions around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a 
so far it's been a good relationship <laughs> yeah uh, hopefully it's gonna stay like this it's just been amazing since i got here so hopefully it's just gonna stay as uh, as good yeah. as it is right now well good luck good luck for the <laughs> international championships in august yeah we'll thanks. be keeping an eye on you and good luck for the draft we hope you get drafted and we will definitely keep in touch we, yes, we would yeah. love to see you get a go and, yeah you um, can come buy more socks if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll come and um yeah i did bump into just you know full disclosure <laughs> I did actually meet Valerie in a shop, so she sold me a really good pair of socks. They were great. Oh, Valerie Moreau. Can't wait till she gets a footy card, Alicia, sometimes, and you can collect it. I know. They came with a packet of chewing gum from 1963, and... uh, they are, of course, the Scanlon's footy card. There are other footy cards right now, but have a check of Barry Rowling's from <laughs> Hawthorne there. We will obviously tweet it out, but uh, what a hot man that is. Peter McKenna, and uh, looks. you said he looks like he's at Dallas Brooks Hall. Mm. I think that he uh, looks like he's on his Deb night. But there's so many great footy cards, and it made me go through my old drawers just to pick them out because some, uh, the 63 edition, worth a fortune. Some are upwards of 15 grand. Some are $1,000 for a single, card? For a oh single card. The no. rarest ones being... Pass them over here, Alicia. <laughs> no, these these ones aren't worth a fortune. But uh, Ron Barassi and uh, Gary Ablett, the first year he played too. Uh, Gary when is Ablett, it Hawthorne? senior, maybe? Or is the there a Lou one? Richards? That would have Lou Richards mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely um, sought after. Would go for a packet, but it just made me get out those cards because I had complete sets. Remember, you you flip them over the back and you'd have a picture. This is the eighties and nineties. So I was just wanting our listeners to maybe show us some of your favourite cards. And uh, have you got some in your drawer, girls? I oh. have 20 Chris Lankford cards. No. <laughs> yeah, I do. They way. were gifted to me. So I, I just have one collection of just one player. I have one Jared you- Roughhead on my computer at work. <gasps> oh, brilliant. Wow. I'm just loving the visual of going through Alicia's old drawers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually had a great response from people going through their old drawers with their um footy books last week so thank you so much for that like that was amazing keep sending us pictures of your footy books collections because i think people are using it as recommendations but send us your footy card pics as well felicity we alluded to this in the intro but there was a working with children's check like administrative error that has disappointed some children i would imagine it it was yes so there's some richmond players going to a school this week where the school had a policy that um, like many schools that uh, working with children's checks were required and for some reason these players who must already be doing footy clinics and things like this didn't have them and so the school stuck with their policy and so of course the kids are expecting Dustin Martin and a, a couple of the other players to turn up were very disappointed I found it fascinating watching the fallout of people saying well this is PC gone mad this is crazy <laughs> you know it's uh, Drink, you know, drink. If, if we can't just, just stick with a policy, you know, if schools have a policy about protecting their children, I'm not sure how... Footballers are special, though, Felicity. Are they? Apparently. Oh. Apparently. If you read, if you listen to Twitter. Just because you're a footballer doesn't make you, you know, Beyond no. immune to yes, the rules and the policies of life. I think and they would have fixed this all back in the St. Well, I, I am just shocked. Days, you? Mm. Well, exactly. Mm. But I am shocked that the number of footy clinics that all of these clubs and players are participating in, I can't believe that any footballer who's ever had, you know, they, they run clinics at their own clubs and things, how can they not mm. have a 
Because it's not a huge thing to apply for. No. And when you're at primary school, you have to follow the rules. Like, we've all had to sit on those little chairs when you go back for reading time. <laughs> I well, love seeing the players sit on those little tiny primary school chairs. That's they hilarious. Yeah, they're normal to you. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> you're not allowed to have footy books in the school ground at a lot of schools because you? you trade cards oh, and that gets annoying. So there you go. Yeah. Nicole. Yeah. What do you got on equal playing field? Yes, I have been contacted by some amazing women who are making some stuff happen. Equal Playing Field is um, a, a movement or an initiative to deal with the issue of gender inequality in pay. And so as part of a fundraiser, there are 37 women from across the world, 20 countries from Argentina, Afghanistan, Sweden, South Africa, on it goes, are going to play a, a soccer match on the top of Kilimanjaro, which is Unreal. what... Why wouldn't you? Hi, to break a record for the highest soccer game ever wow. played they've i think there's there's 37 altogether but they've includes some of the um, some stars actually we've got german world cup star petra landers we've got the australia's former fifa world cup referee jackie helford afghanistan football captain hajar abu fatsi and winner of five a french francis star defender sandrine dussing who's won national championships and national cups and they're doing a kickstarter campaign so we'll have all their social media yep. information on our website and that leads us to the end of the show. Before we uh, wrap it up today, I just wanted to say commiserations to Lou Richards' family and friends and fans and um, what a contribution he made to football media, which seems appropriate for us to mention. And also thank everyone for putting their iTunes reviews up for us. What we didn't tell you is that we recently lost all our iTunes reviews. So if you had previously reviewed us, if you like us, draws. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great way to let us know what you think. And and if you don't like us, yeah, then don't tell us. Keep, keep it to yourself. yourself. But um, we would implore you that if you enjoy this show, make sure you download it on the phone of your favourite misogynist today. And um, <laughs> let's try and spread the word spread the that word. way, if that's possible. Is there any final business, ladies? Um, get along and see there's a play at Chapel Off Chapel. It's from running from May 11 to 28. It's called Spencer. It's a play about failure, family forgiveness, and it has a footballer in it. And that's for people in Victoria. So thank you very much. Who umpired the 1970 grand final? I'm just reading on the back of my Razor Ray, Ray James. Razor Ray. <laughs> Don Jolly. But anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Go footy. Go horse. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.